Ladies and gentlemen, stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome back to Maury's Music. My name's Maury Rutsch. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about today. How you doing, Spoon? I am doing very well. I am looking forward to another fun and informative podcast. And I hope for our listeners it'll be an exhilarating experience. Dare I say, a bracing experience. Ooh, brace yourselves. We have a really cool topic today. Acoustic guitar bracing. It was actually suggested by one of our listeners, and this is going out to Chris. Spoon, before we unpack all there is to know about acoustic guitar bracing and find ourselves deep in the weeds, can we ask you for a general overview of what is bracing and what does it mean? Uh, yeah, that's a, actually a great way to start. Um, so I'd I'm going to ask the listeners to picture an acoustic guitar standing upright so that the neck and headstock are pointing toward the ceiling and the body of an acoustic guitar has an area near the center that we call the waist. It's the narrowest part of the soundboard in the back and the sound chamber inside. And the area um, above the waist is called the upper bout and the area below the waist is called the bottom bout or lower bout, and that is uh, usually larger on modern acoustic guitars. And when you get into the bigger bodies, jumbos and dreadnoughts, it's significantly larger than the upper bout. Now the bracing on the inside is wooden struts that are made of spruce uh, at Martin. I think it's significant to point out that almost every modern steel string acoustic guitar made is using a bracing pattern that is credited as being invented by C.F. Martin. And literally C.F. Martin Sr. came up with what is called the X-brace. And so it's called an X-bracing pattern. So I'm gonna talk about that, that in just a second. The back bracing is not that significant when it comes to tone production. It's mainly there for stability. The stability of those very thin, uh, solid plates of, uh, of tone wood. And that really hasn't changed much since about the 1970s, early 70s, it got a little thinner, a little narrower than back bracing. But for the most part, back bracing is not what we're going to focus on. I'm going to focus on top bracing, the bracing that supports the soundboard. So on a typical Martin guitar or acoustic guitar, you have a uh, two-piece soundboard that's glued together to make the single top. And underneath it is a large brace they call the X-brace that actually is made of two different struts that cross like an X. And the bottom bout has a longer piece of the X-brace. And then the upper bout has a shorter, has shorter struts coming off at the top of the X that just go up just past the waist. And that is the most significant uh, part of the bracing when the energy comes in from the strings and starts to make the top vibrate. That X-brace works both as stability and transferring vibration across the soundboard. Right below the soundboard on a full-size guitar, you have what they call tone bars. And right now we're talking about Martin's standard series with the standard bracing that they have used basically going back till the beginning of the steel string era and even before that in the 1930s, 1920s. 
you have two uh, tone bars beneath the X-brace. That are, the tone bars are beneath the bridge plate. I should have pointed out the X-brace crosses below the sound hole, between the sound hole and the bridge and bridge plate. The bridge plate is underneath the top that supports the bridge and helps also transfer energy. And so the tone bars are below the bridge plate and they slant across from the bass side strut of the X-brace across to the treble side of the top where they're glued in place. And on a Martin, they're touching that strut, bass side strut of the X-brace and energy coming from the strings into the bridge plate and into the X-brace goes into those tone bars from transferred from the X-brace. And then if you go right above that brace and on the treble side as well, there are two little braces that some people call finger braces, two little braces, two little tone bars, if you will, um, that are just below the waist that help support the two plates that make up the soundboard. And then on either side of the sound hole are two flat braces uh, that are also sometimes called finger braces. And um, above the sound hole and above those two flat strips is the cross brace. And the cross brace is the largest, thickest brace. It's there in, uh, mainly for stability because we're talking about the area where the, that's just above the neck block and where the neck attaches to the body and has a great deal of stress put on this area. So it's a long brace that goes all, almost the entire length of the upper bout. And it is carved... Uh, with two scoops coming up the sides so uh, to take off a little bit of wood and reduce weight. And then above that, even further, is what's called the top plate, which is a large, flat piece of wood that's a lot thicker than those strips. And some people call that the popsicle brace. They started using that at the beginning of the steel string era, the uh, the very first 14 fret Martins, the old uh, orchestra models, I don't remember exactly when the popsicle brace came in, but the very early uh, 14 fret guitars don't have them. And it's not unusual for uh, repair people who, when people ask people to convert their guitars into like a vintage more vintage style uh, Martin, they will often remove that brace, but it's, uh, it's there for stability and it's part of today's Martin guitar. So quick overview. So you have the X brace that crosses just below the sound hole. Below the X brace in the center is the bridge plate. Below the bridge plate are the two tone bars. Um, to the off of the sides of the X brace, actually touching the bass struts are the two little tone bars and that are pointing up toward the waist. Above the waist and the X brace, you have the two little strips on either side of the sound hole to help support the area around the sound hole. At the very top, you have the cross brace, and then you have the popsicle brace, or top plate, as it's called at Martin. And that bracing is there to support the top, but it's also there to help in tone production by helping spread vibration across the top. And it is a wonderful science and artistry that goes into making a soundboard that is as flexible as possible without causing structural problems. And C.F. Martin the Forest is famous as saying what they go for, what they try for, is to make a soundboard that is as tone, has as much tone production as possible. And you want it right to the point where it's going to explode, but doesn't. 
Yeah, I remember bumping into Dick Boke at the Martin factory years ago, and he was talking to somebody in the lobby about building guitars, and the guy he was talking to was really excited about how bright and trebly his guitar is, and then Dick kind of laughed, and he said, well, that's easy. Making a guitar that sounds bright, there's nothing to it. It's making a guitar that has bass. That takes some talent. And he was really proud about the fact that Martin has a really bassy, warm growl. You know, and when I say Martin, I mean the Martin sound in general is a very warm, responsive thing. And I'm sure we're going to get into the specifics along the way during this podcast. But it's my understanding that how you actually make the bracing, and when I say that, I mean both its stability, the thickness of it, the shape of it, it all kind of works together to make the voice of an instrument. And would you agree with me that the lighter and thinner, and maybe I'll say the less bracing on an acoustic guitar in general makes for a bassier voice? I would say to a certain extent that's true. I mean, you you play a, a classic Martin Rosewood orchestra model, um, an OM28V, uh, and today's OM28 in the standard series is virtually identical when it comes to the bracing under the top. And one of the things that make the OM sound uh, the way they do compared to a traditional triple O has to do with the exact kind of bracing and how it's shaped. So your OM has quarter inch scallop bracing. And all, that means all of the, that means the X brace and all the tone bars are quarter inch wide where the dreadnoughts have five sixteenth inch bracing, most of them. And the triple O's, most of them have five sixteenth. And they certainly did from like 46 up until until very recently into the into the teens of this century the triple o's had five sixteenth inch bracing and the oms uh typically had quarter inch traditional oms from the 30s actually have a five sixteenth inch wide x brace and quarter inch tone bars but the oms in those days not only how they carved the bracing but the overall build of those guitars is much lighter than they make today so so that uh slightly thicker X-brace didn't have the same kind of effect that it would have today if you're trying to use uh, modern construction techniques. I just thought of something I, I don't want to forget to ask you. Why wouldn't Martin simply want to build every guitar that they make as heavy as they can, maybe overbuild everything to protect against warranty work and protect against the guitar collapsing? Well, then you would end up with guitars that sound like guilds. Ouch! <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. Um, <laughs> Shots fired. A lot of people like the Guild sound, but that does not have the same kind of reverberative, uh, sort of natural reverb that you get from Martin's, of, you know, of a similar guitar. It takes a great deal of skill to shape bracing, particularly at Martin, where they, they actually do it pretty quickly. And they uh, come into some, you know, grief for that for people who uh, really talk up the indie luthiers where they, you know, have the fantasy of this guy sitting there in a little workshop with wearing his apron and, and doing everything themselves and and take forever to voice the top and shave the braces and all this stuff and frankly for a lot of us still prefer the martin sound so they're obviously doing something right the standard series bracing has changed a little bit over the years there was a time where all martins were made with non-scallop bracing and uh, began from the starting in the late 40s and up until you got up to the early 60s, late 60s rather. And when a guitar player named Eric Schoenberg uh, convinced Martin to make uh, a very small batch 
of orchestra models. The OM had not been made at that time since 1933. And those were um, made with scallop bracing. And then uh, Martin started coming out with certain models that had scallop bracing. And for people who don't understand what scallop bracing means, the X brace, the main tone bars are carved with a chisel to put scoops in them. So the main tone bars look kind of like suspension bridges, like the Golden Gate Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge, where they have these two peaks with a scoop carved out between them. And on either side of the, uh, those peaks at the end of the braces, they're also carved up to make the other side of the peak. And scallop bracing makes the bracing more flexible, and that then makes the top uh, more flexible when it's vibrating. And the peaks are there, not just for stability, they actually act as uh, tone nodes dampening certain frequencies. Whether it was coincidence that C.F. Martin back in the 1830s just happened to find the right place for those nodes on the tone bars and on the X-brace. The X-brace is scalloped only at the bottom part, the bottom part below the sound hole. They're not scalloped on top, but they are tapered. So they kind of have at the end of it, sort of a scallop coming up. And then the little bracing on either side on the scalloped braces, they're carved as well. So they almost look like little mountains because they just have a single peak in the center. All of this stuff removes wood from the brace, um, whether it's a, a uh, the strut is a tone bar or the main X brace. And that just makes them a little more flexible and makes them transmit energy a little easier. And the difference between scallop bracing and non-scallop bracing can be heard very easily by playing a D28 and an HD28 and playing a D35 versus an HD35. And which you, of course, can, as a Martin dealer, can uh, sell some of those guitars right now by explaining that bracing. What do you think? Oh, yeah. And I want to circle back to a bigger picture view of the whole thing. But a lot of our customers might call up and say, I've been on your website. I've been watching all these videos. I love what Spoon Phillips does. I'm down to a Rosewood Dreadnought. I know I want Rosewood. I know that I want a Dreadnought size. I want long scale. I'm not sure if I want the D35 with thin bracing or the HD35 with thin scallop bracing or maybe something else in the in the Rosewood vein like a D28 which is going to be bracing that's not scalloped or thin. And it really comes down to the fine tuning aspect of it and not to, you know, get away easy and stop explaining and ask you guys to do something else. But anybody listening to this podcast, if you do have a genuine interest, we do beg you take a look at as many demo videos as we can do. Uh, if you're not sure what you like, put on a good set of headphones and find our videos for the HD35. Find all the footage that Spoon's done for us on the D35 and, and get yourself really acclimated to what these things sound like. I want to go on record to say once you get into the Rosewood, once you get into the Dreadnought, the differences aren't going to be life-changing. I think if you find that you like the Rosewood Martin sound in a Dreadnought, it's going to be diminishing returns when you get into the HD versus the D. You get into 35 versus 28. Most people who like an HD 28 will also like an HD 35. They'll also like the D35. Which will you like best? Who knows? And that's going to depend on playing style, how you're going to use the instrument. But I think you can kind of divide up all the Martin guitars into categories along the way. And once you get into that room we're going to call Rosewood Sitka, I would probably recommend if somebody wants the bassiest, deepest voice, 
when you're debating between the HD35 and the D35, I would say the HD35 because it is going to give you a little bit more flexible of a tone. It's the, the top and the bracing is built to render more bass than the D35. And then someone else might, you know, go and play both of these back to back a week later and post somewhere on the internet on a on a forum or a you know on Facebook and say they can't hear a difference. So it's not to say that if you want to buy one of these two guitars, be careful you don't make a mistake because you'll buy the completely wrong one. I think they're close, but it's fun to you know say the devil's in the details. Well, yes, and and they're even cl closer than they used to be because all of the dreadnoughts in the standard series now have forward shifted bracing, which we'll talk about in a minute, but that even makes them even uh, the playing field uh, even more level. You referred to the 35s as having thin bracing and the 28s not having thin bracing. Um, just for people that don't know the difference, the dreadnoughts typically have five sixteenth inch bracing. The D35 came out in 1965 with quarter inch bracing. At that time, there was really only the D28, the D21, the D18, and then they came out with the D35. People had been asking Martin to, you know, say, why can't you make uh, guitars that are more like the vintage guitars? And at that time, nobody at Martin really knew how to scallop bracing. That had been so long since they used scallop bracing. So instead, and it probably really on um, Fred Martin probably saw it more as a uh, time-saving thing, a, a money thing, instead of scalloping bracing, they used thinner bracing, which didn't require scalloping, and they put quarter-inch bracing on a dreadnought. And instead of going back to a vintage sound, they actually invented a new sound. But a lot of people don't know it's not just, uh, at least back then, it wasn't just the quarter-inch bracing. They also used back bracing that was smaller and narrower that was uh, what Fred Martin referred to as double-O bracing. So they used the same back bracing thickness that they were putting on the 14 fret double O's and uh, 12 fret double O's, um, which I guess was only the double O 21 at that time. But now today, all of the bracing is on the back is thinner. So now the 35s and 28s and the 41s and 42s all have the same back bracing. But so you had a different sound and the 35 sound to my ear had a, had a rounder base to it. I don't know if it was bassier than the 28s, but it has a rounder base to it. And the trebles to my ear are thinner, not in a bad way, but much more focused. It's like there's more air between the notes, those fundamental notes, very precise focus to them. And so it's a special sound that the 35 has different from the 28 that had that had five sixteenth uh, inch bracing. And we're only talking about a very small difference in terms of the brace size. So like you said, it doesn't matter that much. And um, if somebody likes the uh, Rosewood Martin sound, the differences are pretty subtle. But then you get into the scallop bracing. So you have the D28 non-scallop bracing, which to my ear, non-scallop bracing gives you a much more uh, fundamental note focus. The top notes are very clear, very strong, and you get less of that natural re reverb that scallop bracing gives you. So you're like turning the reverb up on the amp in a way too when you get into the scallop bracing. The HD35, which is quarter inch bracing and scallop bracing and, uh, and forward shifted scallop bracing today, that to me, like you said, that is certainly the most uh, reverberating bottom end. And so I agree that 
I think that's, if you're really looking for wallowing around in deep uh, reverberative bass, I would put the HD35 at the top of the list. Nowadays, the HD28, the D41, D42, D45 are all have absolutely identical bracing, identical construction, except for the pearl trim. So we haven't, we don't talk about looks uh, that much, but if somebody really loves the look of the HD35 or the D35 over the 28s, uh, are they going to regret not getting the 28 because the sound is so much different? No, that's not going to, I don't believe that's true at all. Um, now, forward shifted bracing. What do you feel forward shifted bracing does? In my opinion, forward shifted bracing is it. Forward shifted <laughs> bracing is just so full, so bassy, so mmm. I'm sure there's a better technical term for that, but I it's just everything I like about the rosewood bassy resonance. I'm really painting with a broad brush there, but my answer is forward shifted bracing is bassy, warm, lush, soupy. It's just it it's all that natural. I'll just keep saying things like that, that that don't help you understand any more than when I started, but I really love it. Well, don't sugarcoat it. How do you really feel? Um, yeah, no, I I, uh, I know that you really like that. And I like the fact you use the word soupy. I always use the word brothy because I, I think of it as like a, a, a thick, you know, a, there's a thickness to it. There's a, there's a, a richness to it. And uh, perhaps we, again, there are going to be listeners out there that's not that familiar with these terms. So I'll just very quickly explain. Forward shifted bracing simply means that they moved the center of the X-brace an inch farther away from the bridge plate. A lot of people think of it as it's closer to the sound hole because that's where you're going to measure it. But it's actually about the bridge plate. When you move that X-brace farther away from the bridge plate, the area around the bridge plate is more flexible. And the area below the bridge plate is more flexible. And so, again, more flexibility is a good thing in terms of a vibrating diaphragm that's giving off sound waves. So not only does scallop bracing increase that and help add reverb and really accentuate whatever the guitar sounds like, moving the X brace forward, I call it throaty. There's something that you talked about, Dick, talking about the Martin sound. There's something about the Martin sound that's very throaty to me when you dig in and something about body resonance that a lot of other makes don't have. And when you forward shift it, the bracing, it increases the bass response. And when you have scallop bracing and, the, and that, so it increases the bass response, not just makes more bass, that bass goes more into the mids, into the low mids, and there's what I call the undertone that's coming out of the body that, um, that is increased with forward shifted bracing. Before we go farther, I should point out that the D28 received its forward shifted bracing at SummerNAM 2017 as sort of an unspoken sneak preview of what became known as the Reimagined Standard Series at Winter NAM 2018. And some of our learned listeners will remember that the D18 and 0018 actually received their makeover to vintage specs and scallop bracing even earlier. But at Winter NAM 2018, that's when the entire standard series got the vintage specs in terms of the cosmetics and the antique white binding 
and forward shifted bracing and all the larger bodies. So the forward shifted position of the X brace, which also then moves the tone bars farther uh, up as well, that was what Martin used in the 1930s. In 1939, they moved it back to what's called rear shifted bracing today. And um, nobody knows why it happened. There's no records of when it happened. And um, there's a lot of theories about why it happened. But, but for some reason, they moved the X brace uh, closer to the um, bridge plate in 1939. And then in 1960, they moved it a little more forward. And so that was the standard position in what became the standard series. And we don't even know when exactly that happened, but it either happened in late 59 or early 1960. And that became the regular bracing pattern. And forward shifted bracing was introduced with the vintage series and later the authentic series. And when they got rid of the vintage series, they moved forward shifted bracing into the dreadnoughts and the jumbos and the M's and the grand performance size, anything that's made in those sizes now has forward shifted bracing. When you get into the OM size and the triple O size and the double O size and the O size, they're smaller. And even though the bracing pattern did change a little bit, like where the X was across the 40s and 50s and into modern times, and real geeks care about that stuff at Martin, uh, Tim Teal, Design, the head of instrument design will tell you, you're talking about such small amounts of, of area moving that they don't even they don't even think in terms of forward shifted bracing when it comes to um, OMs and triple O's and double O's. But so that's what forward shifted bracing means. And that has now, it's, that's used on, on other series as well, which will, which maybe it's a good time to, to start talking about. Now that we've explained the standard series bracing, now we can start talking about the bracing patterns used on other series of guitars made in Nazareth PA um, and how they differ from what I will call standard bracing. Well, the first thing I'm going to ask you, this just came to mind, is it true that some of the earlier bracing patterns on things that are made in Mexico, like the M&T construction, am I right to say that certain bracing patterns need to fit certain neck connections? Uh, well, yeah, there's a that standard bracing that we've been talking about is used exclusively on guitars that are made with a dovetail neck joint. Originally, the traditional hand fitted large wide dovetail neck joint that's carved into the in the end of the neck and carved into the neck block that then fit together and are glued in place. That's the bracing that we're talking about. And they're, uh, and they're bracing, uh, that same bracing pattern is used on uh, guitars with the simple dovetail neck uh, joint as well, uh, with the exception of the 15 series that we're going to talk about in a second. The mortise and tenon neck joint um, that's used in the models made in Mexico and used to be used on the 16, 17, and 15 series in Nazareth, um, that requires a... a a, a change in the bracing above the sound hole in relation to the stability of the neck joint. So um, do you want to go to Mexico? You want to talk about the bracing in Mexico? I want to talk about the bracing in Mexico. I don't want to go to Mexico. I'll be very clear about that. <laughs> very good. Well, I don't know. It's supposed to be quite lovely. I know a lot of people who enjoy vacationing in Mexico. But um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the bracing that's used in uh, the X series and the road series. The X series bracing uh, is unique to the bracing that use the high pressure laminate tops, 
That's the X models that have a one in their name. That is not like any other bracing. That has an X brace that has one peak at the, in the lower bout section of the X brace. It actually has a non-wood carbon fiber brace uh, that goes across from one piece of the X brace to the other piece of the X brace below the bridge plate. It has two flat plates that are shaped like uh, pyramids that fit in the area on either side of the X brace. Those are made of HPL. Originally, those were made of carbon fiber, and originally that cross brace was made of something else. I don't remember what it was now. Aluminum it was made of aluminum. So that was, those plates are there for stability. And then above the X brace, they have the A-frame brace that is required of the M and T neck joint. Now, technically, the dovetail is also a mortise and a tenon coming together, but very different. The mortise and tenon uh, joint is basically just like a slot with a with a, a rectangular shape uh, that fits into the slot, and that is uh, requires a bolt to hold it in place while the while the uh, glue dries, and then it requires those those A-frame bracing uh, braces, two little braces that. Uh, bars that come up and go through holes in the cross brace and it doesn't have a popsicle brace instead of a popsicle brace it has these a-frame braces that also reach down and connect to the up against the x brace so they do help transfer energy from it and that brace, that whole thing was in it's credited to uh, luthier in the uh, late 60s early 70s um steve gurian who uh michael Beg your pardon, Michael Gurian, who you've certainly heard his music because Jackson Brown played a Gurian uh, in the early part of his career, and uh, as as did uh, a variety of people in those in that sort of West Coast sound. And so you have uh, so that's that X brace for that X bracing that's used for the uh, HPL top, the X bracing that's used on the on the X twos, the ones that have two models have two in the name. That's actually called A-frame X one, and these are spruce tops. And this has a very thin, almost looks like a dueling sword or a stiletto X brace at the on the base side. It's not scalloped. It's very thin and tapered. And below that are two uh, scalloped tone bars that are similar in their shape than what you get in the standard series. And again, they're touching the X brace, uh, base side of the X brace and come down across the top. And then above the bridge plate over the X brace, there's two flat braces that look kind of like popsicles. And um, and above the X brace, then you have the A-frame brace again for the mortise and tenon neck joint. When we get into the road series, the road series also have that same bracing. They have A-frame X1 bracing. So it's it's all wooden bracing, and it's on a wooden top, and it is, uh, so it's spruce bracing, very thin X brace to help the top be uh, flexible. And uh, this bracing is similar to what was called one series bracing, and we'll get, because that's actually what's used on the 15 series, and we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. So on your road series, A-frame bracing, because it has an M&T neck joint, and but with a very uh, light responsive X brace, very light responsive tone bars, and just the little wooden slats on either side uh, to support the waist area. So that's basically the bracing from guitars in Mexico. So 
uh, still Martin Bracing, still, you know, it was designed by Martin and uh, provides, uh, you know, good responsiveness and good bass response that you want from, uh, from a Martin guitar. So is it fair to say that when you get a guitar that's made in Mexico with the M&T neck, there's no way you could possibly make it work by giving that guitar standard series X bracing? Um, yeah, that's correct. But again, it's only really above the sound hole that that it, that A-frame brace matters, and it's um, below the sound hole. They, I think, they do the bracing on the road series the way they do, because um, they are trying to keep the road series as affordable as possible and as competitive as possible. So um, it has more to do with, I think, uh, economics and price point than it, uh, than it does uh, tone production. Okay, so we've covered the Mexico stuff. We have the X series, the road series. We began this conversation talking about the historic standard series. Can you tell me a little bit about the 15s, the 16s, the 17s? Okay, um, before I go into that, I'd like to point out for our listeners that if you want to do a deep dive about Martin bracing and the details of it, I have a bracing pattern guide um, with a lot of exclusive information that is the only place on the internet with the uh, latest accurate facts about modern Martin bracing today. And Hello. Ah, yeah, and I got this uh, via a sit down uh, interview with Tim Teal um, and uh, other people at Martin to discuss the situation with Martin bracing today, because on Martin spec sheets, they no longer go into great detail about the bracing patterns. So it's currently the only place on the internet at onemans.com slash guitar, and that's one man's with a Z, where you can look up any model that's being made today by Martin and see detailed illustrations uh, and a breakdown of what that uh, bracing pattern is on that particular guitar. So the 15 series, 15 series has legacy bracing uh, that that was originally called one uh, series bracing because that's when it was invented in the old one series. It's now called A-frame X bracing. It used to be used on all mortise and tendon neck joints in the 15, 16, and 17 series and road series. It's not any longer. Uh, as we said, the road series has been upgraded to, to their uh, special bracing. And the 15s remain uh, traditional because of that mahogany top, because Chris Martin sees no reason to change what works. And the 15 series is greatly beloved and is very popular and so he didn't see any reason to change it. Uh, A-frame X bracing has the same sort of stiletto, very thin stiletto X brace as you get on the road series, and has the same flat little strip braces on the uh, supporting the waist area, and the same A-frame at the top with the same cross brace. It has a larger slanted uh, bridge plate that actually is at an angle, and connecting uh, right below that is a single tone bar that's very close to the bridge plate. I don't know if it's actually touching or not because because it's been so it's been a long time since I've actually seen that bracing in person. But it is a single slanted tone bar with a, a small peak on the base side of that, very close to the base side strut of the X brace, and slants across past the bridge plate, 
and doesn't quite go all the way to the treble side uh, strut of the X brace. So it's a unique, uh, a unique bracing now that's only found on the 15 series, and it allows that hardwood, dense hardwood top to sound great right out of the box, and you don't have to wait a long time for that mahogany top to, to really break in and open up. Um, but I got to tell you, two or three years after you buy that 15 series top, they do sound spectacular. They sound better and better and better as that mahogany breaks in. There are plans at Martin, I believe, that someday in the future, now that Mr. Martin is officially retired as uh, CEO, it's my insider information that eventually the 15 series are going to change to the bracing that's used on the 16 and 17 series. But we may be oh. talking five, five years from now. I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, so we move on to the 16 and 17 series. 16 Sorry, se Chris Martin, if you're listening to this and you didn't know that yet, that spoon <laughs> that just dropped that bomb on you. <laughs> Somebody's in trouble. Well, but it may not happen. You know, Martin's uh, subject to change. They are subject to uh, all kinds of interesting insider whims of who wants what and, and, you know, and who gets what they want and all that. So, okay, now 16, 17 series, fascinating guitars. Um, the 17 series, of course, are designed to... Let's take a minute to uh, listen to a sound sample to of the a old mail order catalog guitar. guitars. In Here's the DX1E belt. with an HPL top. Extremely thin satin finish on them um, that you can just feel the vibrations in the tone wood and you can actually feel the grain in the wood as the they, uh, finish is so thin on those guitars. And um, that sets them apart from the 16s, but they both have the exact same bracing. And both the 16s and the 17s have standard bracing. They have the same bracing pattern that is used on the standard series guitars. And the difference is the 16 and 17 series scalloping is now done by machines. So it's actually machine-shaped scalloping that is then, you know, touched up by a, you know, a human. But that makes a big difference between the standard series. It's a major watershed for traditionalists. If you want your scalloping done by a craftsman or a craftswoman holding that chisel and those little fingertip protectors that they have to use while they're, while they're scalloping bracing. You have to go up to the standard series. So, it, but it's this exact same thing, forward shifted, scalloped, five sixteenth inch bracing or quarter inch bracing on, when you get into orchestra models and, and double O's and smaller bodies. So that's basically it. The standard series, they have decided to go with standard bracing in Nazareth, except for the 15 series for now. And so it doesn't matter whether you're in the standard series 16, 17, um, even going up into the Modern Deluxe series and the Authentic series, you're still talking about the bracing pattern where the bracing is laid out is the same um, with certain exceptions in the Authentic series. And uh, this might be a, a time for a, another trivia question for our listeners. Can you think of some trivia question that might be related to uh, Martin's Made in Nazareth and their bracing? I have the perfect one ready. Uh, let's hear it. Name the only current Martin guitar with rear shifted bracing. That's true. There's only one model that has the true rear shifted bracing, uh, pre-1960 rear shifted bracing. So let's see how many of our listeners figure that one out. Um, so yeah, so the Modern Deluxe series, fascinating series, uh, a combination of 
advanced cutting edge uh, technology um, with the carbon fiber composite bridge plate, with the gold EVO frets, with the you know all the cool stuff that they have, the uh, the natural protein glue that's used for the top bracing, other stuff, the liquid metal bridge plans, um, the cool neck shape, the cool truss rod, the you know on and on and on, and uh, beautiful cosmetics, but with a lot of vintage vibe too, because they they have a brilliant, uh, colorful abalone C.F. Martin script logo in the headstock that actually dates back to a very short period in 1931 when Martin used that script. And so the cool vintage things like that. But they also have um, a torrified Sitka spruce top supported by a torrified Adirondack spruce bracing. And so this is bracing prior to this only authentic series had torrified bracing. So modern deluxe series, you get the same forward shifted scallop bracing pattern laid out like you get on the standard series when you get into the dreadnoughts, but it has golden era scalloping. And golden era scalloping takes away more spruce when they're carving the braces. So the, the scoops are deeper. The scoops are deeper and the uh, pinnacles the, uh, are, are really pinnacles. Those uh, those tone nodes where you have the peak coming up that make the tone bars look like the Golden Gate Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge. They have a, a greater angle to them, so they're pointier, look almost like the point on a, a buoy knife. And so even more flexible, even more uh, um, energy uh, conductive and so very, uh, very cool uh, to get the golden era bracing. You can get a custom order with golden era bracing. You can just, you know, if you want a standard series guitar, but you want golden era bracing to get it as flexible as possible, you're allowed to do that. They call it GE bracing is what you usually hear. So very, um, uh, very fascinating stuff. You can't get the torrified bracing, but you can get uh, golden era scalloping. So. And then that brings us up to the Authentic Series. The Authentic Series bracing differs from everything else because each model is a close copy of one specific Martin guitar. And the bracing on that Martin guitar, they, they literally take the original Martin guitar from the 30s or the 20s, or typically they're in the 30s, 40s, 20s, and they take it to, uh, originally they were taken to the Smithsonian Institute. I don't know if they still do that, but what they do do, they took it to the Smithsonian Institute to put in a CAT scan and X-ray to get as exact a position of every brace and every tone bar and the exact reproduction of how thick and uh, the exact shape of the bridge plate. And the scalloping is uh, inspired by the same scalloping that's on that original uh, model. But it's more than just that. The uh, golden era bracing and scallop bracing in the standard series and the other series is really just about the top of the brace, the top of the strut. In the authentic series, the carving goes all the way down to where the strut meets the soundboard. So you actually get, even down at the very bottom where it's glued, you're getting wood being carefully chiseled away. And so they they sh they're shaped almost like a kind of like a bullet. Like when you see a bullet that's, you know, no, had been fired, it's no longer in its, in the, uh, the cartridge. 
there's a sh uh, almost like a bullet shape to the uh, authentic series bracing. And that can only be found on the authentic series. And the bracing is also tucked. And tucked bracing means that those tone bars that are on other series come up and touch that brace, uh, that strut coming down from the X brace to transfer energy. There's actually notches cut into the bottom of that brace before it's glued in place. And it's glued on top of the tone bars. So the ends of the tone bars extend under, partially under that X brace for even greater energy transference. The bridge plate is wider. And instead of butting up against the X brace, it's tucked in under the X brace. So it's a longer bridge plate and the vibrations coming from the strings into the bridge plate are going actually under the X brace and transferring into the center of the X brace. And the tips of the bracing of the X brace tuck into the cedar kerfing that is lining the side. So the top is actually sitting on top of the X, the very tips of the X brace. And all of this transfers energy greatly um, compared to everything else. And the scalp, so the scalping is unique to the model and the models that have tuck bracing and tuck bridge plates uh, that were, that they're copying from the 1930s in some cases, even the 1919, that stuff is uh, meticulously copied over to the authentic model. And I think that's pretty amazing. So so if I understand correctly, the more contact points when it comes to bracing, the more transference of energy and the more tone? That's certainly, that's it in theory. And I think they definitely have the science behind it to, to prove that. And But basically you're, you're making it easier for the energy to get from the strings across the soundboard to the sides and back again, uh, just like the dovetail neck joint with that big wide dovetail, uh, solid wood in a solid neck block connecting to that uh, side and the soundboard also produces, sends more energy from the neck into the body than simple dovetail and the M&T neck joint. And all of that stuff is about getting as much energy into that tone wood as possible to try to produce as much a tone in terms of the uh, actual sound waves. And uh, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing that sometime, and we don't know exactly when, but sometime circa 1840, uh, Christian Frederick Martin came up with the original X brace that then uh, was perfected by his uh, grandchildren and great grandchildren and, and the craftsmen that work for his great, great, great grandchild. And it's a bracing pattern that's been copied all around the world because they chose not to patent it or cop, you know, put a patent on it. So, and not everybody uses it now. There's plenty of experimental bracing out there from various builders, but most acoustic guitars with made with steel strings and a flat top uh, are using the bracing pattern that was invented and uh, perfected at CF Martin and Company. Well, speaking of perfected, I know a lot of our customers and a lot of our listeners have a real serious intention about buying the right guitar for themselves. And they're going to look at the Martin catalog and they're going to certainly nail down, you know, maybe three or four really good contenders. And then they'll speak to us about what they want to get. Not only that, you mentioned Custom Shop a little while ago. 
We have some serious Martin fans that listen to this show and that speak to us on uh, live streams and, and connecting with us on email. They want to design the perfect guitar for them. Can you speak to those listeners who really want to know all they can about the different bracing patterns and how that affects tone? A real blanket statement that I would throw at you to get the conversation started. In my mind, to my ear, scallop bracing gives you a mid-scoop and a little bit of a bass boost. Non-scallop bracing the mids are a little bit more forward and single notes come out a little bit louder. Two-part question, do you agree with that? And if so, can we have a short conversation that would help guide our listeners towards which bracing pattern might be right or wrong for what they want to achieve when they're looking at a Martin, whether it's a production model or their perfect custom design? I think that is a very astute uh, query. Uh, you refer to it as mid-range scoop using kind of sonic equalizer terms. And I think it's most noticeable in the dreadnoughts. I think you get less of that effect in a jumbo and an M, which is same size uh, top and back as a jumbo, but, but it's got the side depth of a triple O and the smaller bodies. Uh, so talking HE28, D28, absolutely. Though I don't see it as pulling the equalizer down on the mids, I see it as boosting the equalizer on the bass and treble. Same effect, you're ending up with like a, trough, but I see it as boosting the bass and boosting the, the reverberatory uh, quality of those trebles. And the straight braced uh, D28 and D35, it's more evening out. So you get that, that uh, like you said, uh, enhanced mid-range and all of the, uh, because there's less reverb going on behind the, the, what I call the top voice, those fundamental notes stand out more clearly. I, I routinely get to be around a, uh, a D28 and an HD28 um, side by side and playing with two guys that I, uh, I play with. And uh, it's so noticeable to me, the focus of that, those D28 notes compared to the HD28 that has more of a, a echoey cellar in it. And um, so that undertone, as they call it, kind of comes up into that top voice more. I love both of them. So I have a hard time. I would have a hard time picking uh, myself. I definitely go for scallop bracing. Um, all the guitars I have now have scallop bracing, but I still let, still really like that non-scallop sound. Somebody might come to us and say, I'm a finger picker. I want to have a lot of single note definition. Someone else might say, I'm a big strummer. Uh, I, I like as much big voice as I can. And then the majority of people are going to say, what am I supposed to do? I play lots of different stuff. Oftentimes, I mean, myself included, if I'm going to play at a gig next week, I'm going to do lots of finger picking, lots of strumming, some lead guitar. How does somebody really know what to do if they would come to me and I would come to you? Which bracing is right for me? Is, is it really even something you can answer? Well, it's such a personal thing of what who likes what. I will definitely say that anybody coming to me about... Uh, custom Martin questions, I would say anything smaller than a dreadnought, scallop bracing definitely. O's, double O's, triple O's, OM's, scallop bracing to me is very important. Um, when you get up into the dreadnoughts, it's very easy to go to Maury's music and look at your videos and the videos that I made for Maury's music to say, I can hear the difference between the HD35 and the D35. I can hear the difference between the D35 and the D28. Which of those do I like the most the sound of? Because even though they sound differently to the guitarist when you're hanging over them, 
What's really important is the person that's going to be listening to you play. If you have any intention of ever performing for people or recording or anything like that, uh, those those videos are invaluable to make you know to make your own decision about your custom uh, bracing choice. Personally, I play a lot. I'm a finger picker, finger stylist. I like quarter inch scallop bracing on non dreads on M's. M's do not traditionally come with quarter inch bracing. They come with five sixteenth inch bracing. Uh, but look at some of those wonderful custom uh, shop-made uh, artist models for uh, Jorma Kalkinen and for Woody Mann, uh, the late Woody Mann, and both of them quarter-inch uh, braced M's. David Bromberg, uh, which is where Jorma got his idea from. Bromberg gave Jorma one of his uh, signature models, and Jorma had one of his own made. So a quarter-inch uh, scallop bracing on M's. I think it's a wonderful thing. And I would say if you're going to go quarter inch scallop bracing on a dreadnought, you have to be prepared for the fact that you lose a lot of that, all those notes standing out. And instead, those notes get really hit with a big, bassy wave of, of undertone and body resonance. And if you love that, if you love that reverberatory basement uh, happening on your guitars, I think uh, scalloped forward shifted quarter inch bracing on a dreadnought is uh is a supercharger i mean it's it's basically like putting a supercharger on your guitar if you like power and volume and bass and uh, and reverb then yeah but um that was that was a long answer so here's a short one the people at martin have been doing this for a very long time and so if you like the sound of an hd28 get that bracing on your custom guitar if you like the sound of you know and that also includes the d41 now and the d and the d45 they all have the exact same bracing um if you love the sound of the eric clapton models then get 5 16th inch standard scalloped bracing on your triple if you like the sound of an om get quarter inch scallop bracing that's my sound that's you know my my if we want to call it an artist signature model that Maury's Music made that I and uh, sold that I designed, uh, that's got quarter inch scalloped standard scalloping. It doesn't have GE scalloping because I play hard. So I have the standard scalloping that you get on a standard OM like the OM28 and the OM21. It's a short scale guitar and I think it's even more important to have quarter inch bracing, uh, but it's Adirondack. That's important. It's Adirondack bracing, Adirondack top. And most people would go GE. And Danny Brown at the uh, custom shop just assumed I wanted GE bracing. And I was like, no, I want the bracing on the Juber models, on the Juber signature models. Same bracing on the on Euro M28V because I play really hard. And so I don't want to overdrive that top. So you have to look at your own style and what Martin guitar you like the most and call up Maury and ask his opinion and then order that guitar. And if I say, please hold, it's because I had to call Spoon and get the answer from him. That only happens once in a while. But it, uh, while you were talking, I just had another thought. How does time affect all these answers? Because I had someone ask me last year, they want to buy an HD35, but they're a little bit afraid that as the guitar opens up, that is going to be a bass seller of a mess. And everything that sounds round and robust is only going to get rounder and bigger. Should somebody be afraid of this guitar? maturing over the years and what sounds warm and resonant just becomes too much? 
might be overkill. I mean, there are some people who feel quarter-inch scallop forward shifted bracing is overkill on a dreadnought. That they're the ones that like the sound of the not, you know, of the of the uh, heavier bracing. Um, other people just can't get enough of that, and that's what I'm saying. If you cannot get enough of that Martin reverb bassiness, then that's the way to go. No, I don't think it's going to go off the charts. I think um, I think what happens when a guitar breaks in and and starts to season and that soundboard starts to uh, mature, it just becomes more complex and the harmonics become more complex. And so that bracing is going to get is just is simply going to uh, reflect that maturity more than thicker bracing or than non-scallop bracing. I think it's fair to say, Maury, that that people go for the the D28 primarily because it's less expensive than the HD. I don't think you have that many people who go for it purely because they like the sound more. I think they feel like they're spending a lot of money to get a Martin guitar. And but I might be wrong. I'm sure there are definitely people out there that like straight braced Martins. And I know people who order custom dreadnoughts with straight braced Martins without scallop bracing. Some people feel they record better because it's clearer and you don't have to worry with about that reverb over bloating a microphone and stuff like that. So unfortunately, the real answer is it's just so personal that people have to do their research. And I, again, can't stress enough what you had said at the beginning of this. Check out those videos. See what you, you know, if you like the sound. Um, the HD35 has been around a long time now. It's been around since the 1970s. So you should be able to find uh, somebody on the internet forum somewhere out there that have a really old HD35 and can answer that question for them. But I, I don't believe it's going to get worse. It's only going to get better as far as I'm concerned. That's what I think too, but we're just two opinions that... You know, it's everybody has to really listen to it for themselves. But if you want to know the answer, spoiler alert, bassier is better. And I don't know <laughs> if I could speak for a spoon, but it's it's my microphone is going to hear that. And and that's how I feel. And and we put our money where our mouth is. Spoons bracing on the custom shop Triple O 21 is quarter inch scalloped. I play an Ohm 28V from 1998. That's quarter inch scalloped. I I mean, where I'm sitting, I could play anything I want. I could have anything I want. And most of the guitars that take my focus off of my own guitar every once in a great while are Rosewood scallop braced OMs and dreads. And I've, you know, I've, I've just officially come to like that sound. And that's just what that's going to be. That's, um, and it's interesting because you are an OM player. You don't play dreadnoughts. And so the part of that's comfort more than uh, because. I was an OM man. Now I play short scales more for because of my hands, but um, I do have one long scale auditorium sized guitar. That's an old triple C 16 from back when they were still made with the dovetail neck joint. And that's basically got quarter inch OM bracing. You mentioned triple O bracing. It's, a, it's important to remind people that the triple O 28 and the Eric Clapton models have five sixteenth inch bracing and so does the triple o 42 so rosewood triple o's today short scale rosewoods have five sixteenth inch quarter inch bracing only the triple o 18 has quarter inch bracing i'm sorry five sixteenth inch scalloped bracing the triple o 18 has uh quarter inch bracing like an om i keep forgetting about the triple o 42 thank you that's that i forget that and so, yeah, so for whatever reason, when they remade the Triple O 18, it switched from non-scalloped 5 16th inch bracing to quarter inch bracing that's scalloped when they did the 
triple O, uh, they reimagined triple O 28 and triple O 42. They uh, kept the five sixteenth inch bracing, but scalloped it. Like, so it's basically got the Eric Clapton bracing. And why they did it, I guess because their sound tests, they voted and said they liked it. They thought it sounded better. So that's what you get. But yeah, I'm a quarter inch brace, bracing guy. I like the extra uh, flexibility to it. I think it opens up. I think when you have 5 16th inch bracing on smaller guitars, it uh, kind of shoots straight out the sound hole. It's very punchy. And with an o, the OM quarter inch bracing, you get more of a room filling glow to it. That's how that's how my brain hears it. it. It's like a tone bubble that you get out of an OM, where out of a, if the guitar is made the exact same way and has five, six inch bracing, it's punchier and more uh, fundamental note uh, stuff, even though it's scalloped. And um, that's just the way I hear it. So, but again, my finger style, if you're a big strummer, if all you do is strum and sing, then you may prefer the sound of, of the thicker bracing. And, um, but, you know, again, it's a personal, it's a very personal thing. You said tone bubble. Why didn't you think of that before? We we're trying to figure out a name for this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I used to use that a lot in my reviews. And uh, that's the other thing. You know, I, I, I write uh, very lengthy, in-depth reviews for one man's guitar that are, and I've been doing it for years, about almost all of the Martins when they come out in January and in the summer, they don't always have every model there. And I'm actually behind. I've been so busy doing other stuff that I'm behind. I haven't actually posted any of the reviews of the January Martins, but they're coming up soon. But you can look up at One Man's Guitar and find a lot of in-depth reviews. And a lot of people around the globe actually write me all the time to say that when I go into tone descriptions that I am actually sounds like I'm describing the guitar that they own of the model that I'm describing. So, so that's a good resource as is my bracing article that I mentioned earlier. If you want to see actual diagrams and detailed breakdown of each bracing pattern used at Martin today, except for the authentic series, cause they're all uh, slightly different. That's one mans.com slash guitar. I got to tell you, if you're somebody geeky enough about guitars like us and you're listening to this past the hour mark, I don't know why you wouldn't want to go to onemans.com. It's just perfect. And I, I find a lot of great uh, information there as well. And it's, it's something I'd highly recommend. Spoon, you know what the music means. I don't hear any music. Oh, is that just in my head? Well, there's music coming later. But before we get to the music that's coming later, I have to circle back and answer our trivia question. What is the only current Martin guitar with rear shifted bracing? The answer is... The D18 Authentic 1939. I keep waiting for the week where you get the answer wrong and it ain't gonna happen this week. Very good job. Well, we kind of got it wrong because we know I know there's going to be picky people out there going to point out that Martin considers the D18 Authentic 1939 Age to be a separate model. And of course, it's the exact same guitar, just with the cosmetic distression on it. What do you mean, we? Only you answered the question. <laughs> and, uh, and where did I see one of those uh, D18... Authentic 1939 age. Let me think. Let me think. Because it's, you know, 
they don't make, make very many of them and they're really hard to come by. And if I remember there was a guitar shop, don't tell me, don't tell me, um, um, you know, um, <laughs> really friendly guy. Uh, help me out here. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but we have one in stock right now. So if anybody's listening, ah. the D18 authentic 1939 aged is in stock at Marty's Music at the time of this taping. But something that's much more important than that, we want to say thank you very much for listening. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Yes, that's right. You know, if you like this podcast, we made it ourselves. If you don't, we had no help. And while you're at it, if you have any suggestion for a future episode, please let us know at support at marismusic.com or leave a comment below if you're watching this on YouTube. As a matter of fact, that's how this episode happened. Thank you again, Chris, for suggesting Martin Bracing Patterns as today's episode. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com. <laughs>